Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Let's be seated. I remember the first time I got an x-ray. I was probably about five, four or five years old, and I was having a lot of pain in one of my hips when I walked. And so to try to determine the cause of the pain, the doctor ordered an x-ray of my hip. And I still remember looking at that kind of blurry black and white image and realizing that what I see up there, that's inside me. That's what I look like on the inside. In a way, Jesus was like a walking, talking x-ray machine. He had an uncanny ability to show people what they looked like on the inside. And it wasn't a trait that endeared him to everybody. So think of the folks in his hometown of Nazareth who tried to run him off a cliff when he preached about coming to bring good news to the poor or set the prisoners free. Or think about the scribes and the Pharisees who were constantly doing battle with Jesus when he threatened the understandings of religious orthodoxy that they were so attached to. Or think about Peter, who when the rooster crowed the third time, remembered Jesus' words and realized that a betrayer really did live inside him after all. Not everybody liked what they saw inside of them when Jesus showed up. But for other people... Jesus' x-ray power, his ability to show them what they looked like on the inside, for some people that was deeply attractive. It drew them to Jesus. So think about the Samaritan woman at the well we talked about a few weeks ago. How she ran into town and told everybody, come meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Or think about the person we meet in today's gospel reading, Zacchaeus, the wee little man. Zacchaeus, the tax collector. And not just any old tax collector, but the chief tax collector, the rich chief tax collector. Jesus saw straight through Jesus, or through Zacchaeus, the rich chief tax collector. And Zacchaeus didn't seem to mind one bit. Because when Jesus saw straight through Zacchaeus, something shifted inside of him. Something that had been in the wrong place inside Zacchaeus suddenly fell into the right place. And that something was money. When Jesus saw straight through Zacchaeus, Money went toppling off the throne that it had occupied in Zacchaeus' life, and Jesus took a seat there instead. And what happened when that happened? Well, Zacchaeus experienced something funny. He experienced freedom and joy. When Jesus saw through Zacchaeus, Money went a-tumbling down, and Zacchaeus' life became a life of freedom and joy 
which is not bad for an x-ray result. But we've got to back up a little bit if we're really going to understand what's happening in this story. If we're going to understand what it meant for Zacchaeus and what it might mean for us. First, we have to understand what it means that Zacchaeus was a tax collector. So tax collectors in Jesus' day weren't like IRS agents in ours. The IRS may not be our favorite government agency, fair enough, but my guess is that most of us wouldn't regard any given IRS agent as a bad person. They're civil servants doing their jobs, and nobody ever went into the civil service looking to get rich. That was not the case in Jesus' day. Tax collectors like Zacchaeus weren't civil servants in a democracy. They were Jews who worked for Rome. Rome, as in the Roman Empire, as in the occupying forces, as in the oppressors. Tax collectors in Israel were Jews who had basically turned their backs on their fellow Jews and sold out to the empire all for the sake of making a buck. And if that wasn't bad enough, sometimes they were also extortioners. They had a certain amount that they had to collect for Rome, but the tax collectors could overcharge and keep the extra for themselves. So in Israel, in Jesus' day, tax collectors like Zacchaeus were traitors, sellouts, and even thieves. You didn't become a tax collector because you wanted people to like you. You became a tax collector because you liked money. And Zacchaeus wasn't just any tax collector. He was a rich chief tax collector, which means that Zacchaeus really liked money. Now, maybe he had started out innocently enough. He just wanted to provide for his family, fund his kids' college, fill his 401k. But somehow, no matter how much Zacchaeus made, it was never quite enough. Somehow, he always wanted just a little bit more. Even when Zacchaeus was rich, he would have liked to have been richer. And that all makes it more than a little strange that Zacchaeus would be excited to see Jesus. Because Jesus, especially as we see him in Luke's gospel, Jesus often has some really tough things to say about rich people. Like way back in chapter 6, when he says, Woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your consolation. Or just a few verses back from this story in the middle of chapter 18, when Jesus says how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. So it was a little strange that a man like Zacchaeus, a man who was rich, and a man who possibly was rich at least in part because of extortion, that he would have been excited to see Jesus. Except, except Zacchaeus had heard that word on the street was that Jesus maybe actually kind of liked tax collectors. After all, 
Jesus had told a story about a Pharisee and a tax collector where the tax collector was the one who came out of the story looking like the good guy. And more than that, one of Jesus' very closest friends used to be a tax collector. That guy, Levi, who some people called Matthew. The story was that Jesus had come up to Levi individually and invited him to be one of his followers which Levi said yes to, and then invited Jesus to a big dinner party he threw that night for a bunch of his tax collector friends. Zacchaeus remembered hearing about that party, how Jesus seemed to have a really good time, and how the Pharisees had gotten all huffy about it, and how Jesus had pretty much told the Pharisees off. So it seemed that Jesus maybe actually kind of liked tax collectors, which, let's be honest, not very many people did. Zacchaeus might have been rich in the money department, but he wasn't exactly rich in the friends department. So when he heard that Jesus was passing through Jericho, Zacchaeus really wanted to see him. He really wanted to see this person who might just like somebody like him. The problem, though, was that Zacchaeus wasn't the only person in Jericho who wanted to see Jesus. And Zacchaeus was, let's say, height-challenged. So, probably deciding that he really didn't have anything to lose, he ran down the street ahead of where Jesus was. He spotted a tree with a few low branches, And he hoisted himself up into that tree. It was every bit as undignified and ridiculous as it sounds. Which tells you something about how much Zacchaeus wanted to be able just to catch sight of Jesus. So Zacchaeus waited in the tree, trying to ignore the snickers from the people below him. Until finally Jesus came into view. And then the strangest thing happened. Jesus stopped right underneath Zacchaeus' tree, and he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was confused. I mean, he looked down, he checked his robe, he wasn't still wearing the name tag he'd had on at the tax collector's meeting that morning. How did Jesus know his name? Zacchaeus, Jesus said, hurry, come down. I have to come and stay at your house today. Do you see what's happened here? All the time that Zacchaeus was wanting to see Jesus, Jesus had been wanting to see Zacchaeus. Jesus had been waiting for him and looking for him. Zacchaeus was going to be satisfied with just seeing Jesus, but Jesus wasn't going to be satisfied with just seeing Zacchaeus. He wanted to be with him, to talk with him, to eat with him, to come to his home. And it wasn't just a passing wish on Jesus' part. He said, I have to stay at your house today. He had to, needed to. It was a requirement Jesus took Zacchaeus's timid little hope that maybe Jesus could like somebody like him 
And Jesus blew that right out of the water. Because Jesus didn't just like Zacchaeus. He loved him. And a funny thing happened in Zacchaeus when he experienced Jesus' love. Because Jesus' love was a little like an x-ray. It showed Zacchaeus what he really looked like on the inside. And what he looked like on the inside was someone who had spent much of his life looking to money to give him something that money didn't have to give. Maybe he'd been looking to money to give him a sense of security so he could buy his way out of any problems that he encountered. Maybe he'd looked to money to give him pleasure. I mean, you can buy fun things with money. Maybe it was status that he'd been after. I mean, sure, people didn't much like tax collectors, but when he rolled into Jericho in his new Mercedes, people couldn't help but notice. Whatever it was that Zacchaeus had looked to money to give him, the x-ray of Jesus' love showed him just how futile it all had been. Because when Zacchaeus experienced Jesus' love, he realized that that love was what he'd been looking for all along. Zacchaeus had spent his life putting money in his heart's seat of honor, only to have Jesus' love come along, knock it right off, and settle in that seat of honor instead. How do we know that? How do we know that's what happened? Because of what happens when Jesus is at Zacchaeus' house. Luke tells us that Zacchaeus welcomed Jesus into his house joyfully. And then at some point during the meal, Zacchaeus stands up, he takes out his checkbook, and he says, Look, Jesus, right now I'm giving half of everything that I have to the poor. And if I have ever cheated anybody out of anything, I will give them back four times what I took from them. This isn't Zacchaeus trying to impress Jesus. This is Zacchaeus showing Jesus his transformed heart. This is Zacchaeus taking the thing that had occupied that seat of honor in his heart and instead putting it in the service of the one who now sat in that seat. This is Zacchaeus demonstrating repentance and making restitution. This is Zacchaeus showing that Jesus' love for him had caused him to love the things that Jesus loved, like justice, making restitution to those he had wronged, and generosity, giving away half his fortune. Zacchaeus had gone from using his money to seek security, pleasure, status, to using his money to pursue justice and generosity. And all because when he went looking for Jesus, Zacchaeus found that Jesus had been looking for him first. Because as Jesus said... He came to seek and to save the lost. 
But Zacchaeus isn't the only one who's ever given money the seat of honor in their hearts. He's not the only one who's ever looked to money to give them security or pleasure or status. There's a reason that banks and wealth management companies advertise on the evening news with slogans like city banks live richly. There's a reason that gift stores carry plaques and throw pillows that say things like people who say money can't buy happiness don't know where to shop. We live in the richest country that has ever existed. And while not all of us are rich, I think we'd be fooling ourselves if we thought we haven't absorbed at least a little bit of our culture's belief that the secret to a good life can be found in your bank account. Now, hear me when I say that there is nothing wrong with wanting to provide for your family or save for a rainy day or just generally leave a financially responsible life. And if you have been blessed with abundant financial resources, that is not something that you need to be ashamed of provided those resources were created ethically. After all, we actually don't know how much money Zacchaeus still had after he gave away half of his money and paid everyone back. He might still have been rich. The problem, the problem doesn't come from money in and of itself. The problem comes when we begin to look to our money and our possessions to bring us fulfillment in life. That's when we know that we've given money a place in our lives that shouldn't belong to it. That's when we know that like Zacchaeus, we've given money the seat of honor in our hearts. And money can be awfully subtle in the way that it tries to sneak onto that seat of honor. And it doesn't matter matter whether we have a lot or a little of it. Whatever it is that led Amazon's Jeff Bezos to buy a $23 million home in D.C., which is something like his fifth residence in the United States, whatever that is may not actually be all that different from whatever it is that tempts me after a hard day to go to Home Goods for a little retail therapy. (laughs) For him, it's a $23 million house. For me, it's a $23 vase. But either way, we are looking to our stuff to give us something, to soothe some hurting place in our hearts. Either way, we're looking for money to do what ultimately only Jesus can do. But just like there was good news for Zacchaeus when Jesus stopped under that sycamore tree and called his name, there's good news for us too. For us who just maybe have let money find its way into the seat of honor in our hearts. And that good news is that we don't have to even go seeking Jesus because Jesus is already seeking us. He's already come to seek and to save the lost, including us. 
like a spiritual x-ray. Jesus will show us what we look like inside, but he will do it with compassion and grace and love. And he will do it over and over again. In the message version of this passage, when Zacchaeus is declaring his new ways to Jesus, he says, Master, I give, half away, give away half my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. I love that his promise of reparations is future-oriented. It's like he's saying, I'm going to try not to cheat anybody ever again, but I know myself. I know I may mess up, and in case I do, Jesus, I want you to remind me that I have gone on record saying what I will do to make it right. Zacchaeus seems to know intuitively that that same love that called him down from the sycamore tree will be there to meet him over and over again, as it will for us. Now, as I get ready to close, I have to tell you what may be a little bit of bad news. This isn't the last sermon about money that you're going to hear from me this month. I promise that I am not doing this to try to manipulate you into giving more money to the church, though we will be talking about stewardship. Truly, I am not. But I am doing this because our relationship with money is important. If you make a list of all of the things that Jesus talked about during his ministry, the number one thing on that list would be the kingdom of God. The number two thing on that list is money. For Jesus, there is a direct connection between our spiritual lives and how we use our money and our possessions. So this month we'll be spending some time thinking about why our money matters to God and what God invites us to do about it. Today, what Jesus is inviting us to do is to climb down from our sycamore trees and to receive him like Zacchaeus did, joyfully. To let Jesus x-ray our hearts and show us what we look like on the inside. And when we find that we have given something, whether it's money or anything else, when we've given something the seat of honor in our hearts, Jesus is inviting us to let him take that seat instead. Jesus is inviting us to put our money to use for the things that he cares about. Things like generosity and justice. Jesus is inviting us to let him shape our hearts to look and to love like he does. Because make no mistake, friends, Jesus doesn't just maybe kind of like people like you. He loves people like you. He looks for you. He calls you by name, and he will come into your life with love and compassion and grace over and over and over again. 
For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Thanks be to God.